This morning, right before I came to church, um, Lady D sent me a YouTube video. And I thought it would be go right along with the message for today. And in it, it talked about George Barner. He's Barna. He is a gentleman that collects data and puts it out, specifically a lot of Christian data. Um, he just puts it out there. He'll ask the question. He does the research and puts out the results. And in this YouTube video, one of the topics that were discussed was about church attendance and the decline of church attendance. Now, now Deacon T and past and, and uh, Lady D, I know you guys are gonna keep me regulated with my voice. You'll let me know if I'm going off into the stratosphere. So what George Barner said, there is a decline in church attendance. Matter of fact, he said ever since COVID, the church has not bounced back. Prior to, though, COVID, there has been a steady decline in church attendance. I'm sure there's many factors involved, and we probably have our own opinion. As I shared with Lady D, I think there are many systems in place that went after the infrastructure, the inside part of the core of the United States and our belief system that started this. So this decline did not happen overnight. Please understand that. So when you hear these staggering numbers, these surprising numbers, I encourage you not to get shocked. This didn't happen overnight. I guess this is always going to be my um, soapbox moment because for the life of me stay with me I'm going somewhere for the life of me I can never understand in First uh, Kings chapter 16-17 where Elijah had to tell the nation of Israel choose you this day Daddy's people, who he delivered out of Israel, by the time you get the first Samuel, it's been some generations. These folks had kind of forgotten about God, and God had to show himself mightily. We, as a nation, and I'm, I'm not even just going to say a nation, we in the world have starting to leave, we've not started, but we've left God out of stuff. And when you have that happen, we're left to our own thoughts. Uh-oh, look out. And then you get to a point, 1 Samuel 
chapter 17. I'm sorry, 1 Kings chapter 17. And then you look here in the United States. Why is it a decline? There's such a decline in church attendance. My thought today is a question. Why church? Is it necessary to attend church? Um, let me put a pin in it. I want to define when I say the church. Let me be real clear. There is the church universal. That would be um, us belonging um, to the body of Jesus Christ. All who've accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior belong to the church universal. You hear that term? Universal everyone. Everyone who's coming to the family of God by putting their faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and asking God to forgive them of their sins, you are in the family of God and you are called the church, the church universal. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the head. Then there's the local church, Agape Tabernacle, Thankful Baptist, Ebenezer, Gather Ye the People, Calvary Reformed United Ministries, Time for Hope, Straightway Christian Center. Those are the, these are the local churches. The word, I'll just give you, when we talk about church, the Greek word is ekklesia, which means church, assembly, ekklesia. Um, that's 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 the Greek word, Pastor J. I, 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 I know you know that. But when I talk about church attendance, I'm referring to now the local church. Why is there a decline? There seems to be a decline in the local church, which begs the question, why church? Is it really that important that we go to church? Hmm. Is it really that important? Can I get saved without going to church? Or do I need to be in church to be saved? Do I need to be spiritual by attending church? Hmm. I'm giving God his due when I go to church. Why church? Please, if you would, turn into your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, 1, uh, 24, verses 25. And just to satisfy my watchdogs, I'm going to have someone read that. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Hebrews Chapter 10, verse 24, 25. Answering the question, why church? Somebody read that, please. Hebrews chapter 10, 
Verses 34 and 35. 24. 24. Oh, 24. Okay, 24 and 25. In the NIV, it reads this way. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Thank you, Lady D. Now, I must put this scripture in its context. I mean, preachers out there, you know, I always tell you, and you, 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 you're going to be preachers. You never want to take scripture out of context. Don't want to just say something to fit my narrative. Uh, but I, so I need to put this in context. So, and, and to do that, I need to tell you a little bit of what went on before the writer of Hebrews. We don't know who the writer is. Many speculate. You can hear, listen, you're going to hear different people. I think it was this person. I think it was that person. But we don't, can, can we just all, like Rodney King, get along? Can we all agree that we don't know that who the author was? And let's leave it at that. But it is in scripture. Can we, can we just say, you know what? We don't know who the writer was, who the author was. But thank God for this author. Thank God for moving on this author by his Holy Spirit and telling this author what to write. So he was able to write it in the context of where he was living and the people that were being addressed. So what this author said in Hebrews before, like verses 22 and 23, really Hebrews talks about Jesus being our high priest. He was the one, he, he kind of lays side by side or juxtaposed. Jesus being a high priest with the high priest in the Old Testament, when God established a way that the nation of Israel would worship him, a way that God would communicate with his people. This high priest was like the go-between between the nation of Israel and God. And so Hebrew kind of lays out, Jesus was the one, was a high priest. He was the one that made the sacrifice. He was the one that cleansed us with his blood. So the writer of Hebrews is telling the listeners that about what Jesus has done and how he is now our high priest. He is the one that cleanses us. He goes on to say that when, that we or the believers should now boldly profess their faith. And they, he used the term, I, I got to be careful, I say he could be a sheep. But they use the term unswervingly, meaning no doubt in your mind of why you believe, what you believe, that Jesus Christ is our high priest, that Jesus Christ made a new way for us to access, watch this, Abba Father, y'all, was sung this morning, Abba Father. He made a new way. He was the ultimate high priest. With that being said, the author goes on in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, says, let us consider 
how we, we, who we talking about, may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The author talks about what Jesus did. The author talks about our response to Jesus and how we're to hold our faith. And then the author tells us how we are to be with each other. I love it when Deacon T at the announcement says, we be verbing, y'all. We be verbing. And so the author says exactly what we're to do. I'm answering the question, why church? Is it necessary? What's its, its purpose? And so with that being said, let me first add, why church? Let me start to answer the question to have empathy. Anybody know what that word empathy means? In your own words, don't have to be real deep. Empathy. When you hear that term, what what comes to mind? Anybody? It means to care about someone or something as much as the person does. You you can um, share with them in a way that demonstrates that you have the depth of concern and uh, depth of concern in caring towards them. Thank you, Lady D. Anybody else? Or are you just going to um, say, I was going to say what she said. <laughs> D, all right. I, I always want to, to know what that word means. So I can look it up real quick. The action of understanding, being aware of, being sensitive to, and vicariously experiencing the feelings, thoughts, and experience of another. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Thank you, Professor. Anybody mm. else? I mean, we heard from the Professor. So let it be written, so let it be done. But anybody mm -hmm. else <laughs> care to weigh in? Pastor G, I think I saw you raise your hand. You know, you know there's an emoji for that, but that's okay. Um, I saw you raise it. The floor recognizes Pastor Giselle Fagans. Thank you. I have to pull up my unmute. Pastor, um, we talked about that. And it is to feel what another person feels. Don't feel sorry for them, but you take on that feeling and you are you more or less embody the passion that they're feeling or the emotion that they're feeling. Thank you, Pastor G. Thank you all. That that, I don't want to exclude anybody. That was excellent. Lady D, Professor, Pastor G, anybody else? Something that you said, Pastor G, that I like, you don't feel sorry for them, but you're feeling with them. Your feeling is right there. You're there. With that being said, why church? Look at what he says. I said he, but forgive me, slip of the tongue. Look at what the writer says. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. 
And let us consider, and I looked at this, consider. What does that word consider? Think about your fellow believer. That takes work. Can I say that again? Consider. That means you got to take time out to think about your fellow members at Agape. That's the way it's supposed to work. Why church? For one, we're talking about empathy, and the professor broke it down. Lady D told us about it. Pastor G told us about what empathy is. We've got to consider, you got to think about your member, your fellow believer. Doesn't have to be just in the bad times. But it's great in the bad times when you think of what they're going through. When you think about what they're feeling. But even in the good times, you may see something that, you know what? I know it. When sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so likes, this is them. I got to get this for them. Or it just might be, you got to give them a call. Haven't heard from so-and-so or just, or maybe you've seen them each Sunday, but during the week, the Lord lays it on your heart. Let me give them a call. Let them know I'm praying for them. But see, for that to happen, you must consider you've got to think about your fellow believer or the member, the member that you belong to. If you are not in church, how can one be considered? I'm going to let that resonate for a minute. Why church? We need to think about each other. And then the author goes on to say, to spur one another towards verbing, towards love and good deeds. In other words, the word, because we're really going to take our time with this, spur. That simply means to motivate, provoke one another to love good deeds. I'm going to go somewhere, y'all. My mother belonged to a church. And I watched this. And she would seek out the ones that didn't seem to care for her. You know, the ones that don't care, they don't kind of have speaking. When, when church is over, they kind of just trying to get by. So, or they try to avoid you for whatever reasons. Can I help you out with something? My mother went after those type people. And when I tell you she went after them, let me tell you, as, as I'm we're reading this, what comes in, comes in my mind is she would go after them, making it, watch this, intentional, considering 
up her business to speak to them every week. Every week. Uh, um, that takes work, y'all. Because isn't it easier just to say, well, if they don't care for me, that, that's okay. They sit in that pew, and I'll sit in this pew. But why church? Because we are to think about each other. I don't think the writer said if they love you or not, or if they just love you. The writer said your fellow believer. I don't see conditions on it, y'all. And then you're to spur them, motivate them, provoke them to love and good deeds. So, and I watched a metamorphosis take place in those members that did not care for my mom because she motivated. They started verbing on her. They started loving on her. They started go doing good deeds. But mom had to consider her fellow member and then spur them on. Are you... You hear me today? It's getting kind of quiet in here today. Why church? We need to help each other. We need to love on. We need to motivate each other to love. Can I tell you something, y'all? You know where real ministry takes place? If you get rides in the car, that's where real ministry takes place. See, by the time you get to church or by the time you get in the car and you take the person home or persons, that's where you're going to have some serious dialogue. But it's a fellow believer. It's a fellow member. Why church? People will say, I don't need church. Yeah, you do. If you want to enhance, if you want all that God wants you to be in your relationship with him, you need church, one, have empathy to think about your fellow member and to help them, to motivate them. You motivate each other spur them on. You motivate, provoke them to love and good deeds. Hmm. I know the agape, when I was reading the scripture, I said, you know, so many things I could talk about, I believe we do at agape. So many things. 
that we do. Of course, what's the name of our church? Agape. Tabernacle. And that's what we do. And even when visitors come, one of the things that they say, I feel the love in this church. When we've had deaths, the members of Agape, we felt those deaths with the person. But we didn't just say we felt what we sat, we called, we did stuff. This is not a bragging when I'm trying to answer the question, why church? Because the writer of Hebrews says, we need to consider each other towards love and good deeds. My next thought is um, Hebrews 10, 25. Verse 25 says, let us not give up meeting together. Can, can I say that slowly again? Let us not Give up meeting together. Can I say that one more time? Let us not give up meeting together. In the KJV, the forsaking, the assembling of yourselves. You read other translations or have something similar. As some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day. Notice the word day. D is capitalized. Mm -hmm. Approaching. Mm -hmm. One, let me say this. The writer says, Pastor Churn's translation, make meeting together a priority. Why church? Do I really need it? The author says, yes, make it a priority and goes on to say, um, as some of you are in the habit of doing, let us stop meeting. Now, during that time, the author doesn't go on to say why some stop meeting, because back then they had house churches. I don't have to explain to you about house churches, do I? We all know no. about those house churches. Yes, we have. Don't we? When they had these small churches that gathered together, some stopped meeting. Why? I'm going to throw out there possibly again. Scripture doesn't say it. But I wonder if because of the persecution of this or these young upstarts called the way, this movement called the way, they were challenging the Roman Empire and the gods of the Roman Empire and Caesar of the Roman Empire. So maybe, you know what? I'm out. But the writer of Hebrew says, some do not give up meeting together. Meeting must, as some are in Watch this, in the habit, 
And that's scary. A habit of meeting together, of not meeting. People just decided, I'm not going for whatever reasons. Can't speak to that day, but I can speak to this day. People decide they're not going. I don't feel like it. What does church offer to me? Well, one, you're going to have some people there that are going to be considering and thinking about you and ways to help you to, to, to spur on love and good deeds to really encourage, watch this, to encourage you in your Christian walk. So, so, so you may not feel like going, we're not under persecution yet. There are some countries, I think it's the China, they have an underground church. They meet underground. But watch this. But Iran. they meet. But they meet. That's right. But they meet. Let us not give up meeting together. Meeting together, coming together as a local body of believers is a priority as we as members of Agape, members of the other local bodies, the members need to have it in a we have to have it in our head that this is a must. Like I got to get up and go to work in the morning. I got to get up and go to church. Why church? Because you got a fellow, fellows believers waiting to encourage you, waiting to help you. As watch this, as we praise and thank the Lord for what he has done for you and for me. We are to encourage but let us encourage one another. The word encourage means strengthen one another. I got a question. How many of us were encouraged? Now I'm just going to pick random, so don't believe I'm just picking on you or neglecting you. But some things that come to my mind, I want you to think about this. I want to paint the picture for you. Answering the question, why church? He, he's not here. I don't think um, EF is here yet. But one of the things he would always say is, I watched Lady D. I know how sick she was. But to see her now just encourages me. And some of you have all said it. You know, when she was in the hospital bed, you know, when she couldn't come out to church because of sickness. You remember, you remember when she was in the wheelchair, then you watched her being a walker. Then you watched her not, not even have a cane. You were encouraged. Somebody tell me, somebody help me. Were you encouraged? Were you spurred on? 
Well, if God can do this for her, I know he can do some stuff for me. Hallelujah. Were you encouraged? The Fagans, I'm picking on them. I'm, I'm picking on them now. Now, they didn't say anything. But when they told the story about how they were looking for a home and they told us the whole process. Mm-hmm. And to watch how God provided their needs. Were you encouraged, even in your Christian walk, to say, oh man, if God provided for them, he yes, will provide yes, yes. for me. Because sometimes when we're going through stuff, we need to hear our fellow believers. That's encouraging one another. That's provoking one another to good deeds and love. Why church? We need each other. So let me get real clear about this. Does going to church make you safe? Not in the least bit. Does it make you spiritual? Not in the least bit. But what it does, it will strengthen, it will strengthen your walk. I'm going to say this. I'm going to back. Let me rephrase that. It can strengthen your walk when you come to church with the proper attitude. Mm-hmm. That's key. Because if you come to church with a bad attitude and do nothing about it, because it's okay to come in with a bad attitude, but you can tell God, I got a bad attitude today, but I'm going to worship you anyhow. And God will turn that bad attitude around. But if you come to church just sitting there, you're not going to receive, you're not going to hear. That's not going to help your Christian walk. It's not going to help my Christian walk. Amen. Thank you, Deacon T. So. It's not going to help our Christian walk. It doesn't make you spiritual because you go to agape. Nope. What it should do is help you to grow Amen. as a Christian. So can I still be saved if I don't go to church? Absolutely. But consider this. You know what? Before I answer that question, I'm going to ask somebody because I want to finish out this point with some bird, someone reading Acts chapter 2. I know we all know Acts, right? Pastor G is listening. Acts chapter 2, verses 44 to 47. This is after the day of Pentecost. After Pentecost came. Acts chapter 2, verses 44 to 47. Asking the question, answering the question, why church? All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see what happened? 
ecclesia, the church. They came together. They worshiped God together. Watch this. Did they consider one another? Because it says that they, they, they um, gave to anyone as had need. In order to give, you mean, that means you got to find it out if somebody's in need. You got to consider. You got to think. We strengthen each other as we come to church. So please, let's not get it twisted. Let me, can I help you out with something? The day that you don't feel like going to church, I'm going to say cut that thought off real quick and get to church as fast as you can. Don't let the thought linger. Get to church. Get your nourishment. Get your strength. Get your um, encouragement. Get your love. Because one of the things you'll find out, you think you might be going through, then you find your fellow believers, some of them are going through. And listen to how they responded to their situation. Or someone just says, I'm so glad to see you. They give you a smile. Or they, I I've been waiting for you to come because I want to give you a gift. I've been wanting to give this to you. You never know what God has for you through it's his true. people. The truth. You see what the church did? Now they kind of messed up a little bit because they kind of got into this bless me club. They enjoyed one another. They kind of forgot that other part to go. <laughs> <laughs> they, they was they was enjoying the fellowship, which is great. But watch this. Even when they finally did go because of persecution and were scattered, there were house churches that did this very same. They emulated the same thing. Why is that? Because we are body believers that help each other because the head of our body is Jesus Christ. He has taken us to Abba Father. Mm -hmm. He's given us a new relationship and we come together. Watch this. We're who? image bearers of Jesus Christ. We are to spur one another. We are to provoke one another. We are to consider one another. We must not decide. You know what? I'm going to say this to you. I'm encouraging you. Get out of the habit like you have, you have a choice. I would encourage you to get a mindset. I, got, I have to get to church. Make it like, I don't have a choice. I, I need to be there. Are you hearing me today? I, I'm going to encourage you to get that way. And there'll be some days you really don't feel like it. Now, if you're sick and up, fine. But I'll tell you, I know some members that come. They'll put the um, love Zoom in that area. You don't see them, but they're clicking on because they tell me, Pastor, I, no, I got to come. That's where I get my strength. You won't see me. But I'll be hearing you. Mm -hmm. Why church? To strengthen one another. To help one another. Let me let me help you out something. 
let me give you the consequences for not attending church. I'm going to say it again. I want to be real clear. Not attending church will not affect your salvation. Can I say that again? If you don't attend church, it does not affect your salvation. You being a born again Christian, it does not. But let me give you some possible consequences of not attending church. When you're not attending church, you are alone. Mm. And when you are alone, think about it. This is a strategy that many um, many um, um, tacticians, math, uh, not math, let's say math, but many um, people in military use, get the enemy alone. If I can get you alone, I got you. Ecclesiastic spells out two is better than one. And it gives you four verses of why two is better than one. How come in Psalms, it says that two, you can put so many to flight, more than one. You got two, boom, you put so many to flight. When you're by yourself, when you're alone, sometimes you might be going through and you may allow yourself to listen to the whispers of the enemy because his desire is to kill, steal, and destroy. But if you've got no encouragement, if you've got no one to pray for you because you're not there, nobody knows what's happening with you, you're not interacting, how can you be strengthened? How can you be, be provoked? I, I, I would like to suggest that you can become stagnant in your Christian walk. Going back to the stories and testimonies that you heard here, just at Agape, and some, Deacon T put it in chat, they encouraged me. Some of you said, yes, they did encourage you. They helped you. Watch this. They gave you hope. Going back to EF, and he said it. He has said, you know, he's been in pain. He's racked with pain. And he tells me, but when I look at Lady D, I don't worry about my pain. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. But if you are alone, mm -hmm. if you're not in the community of your fellow believers, Who's going to be able to encourage you? Mm. Who's going to be able to help you? Yeah. And I'm going to say this. And who are you supposed to help? Mm -hmm. And who are you supposed to provoke? Mm -hmm. Who are you supposed to be an encouragement to? We need each other. I'm going to say it again. When you're not feeling church that day, Make it your business to get to church no matter how you feel. When you're not feeling church that day, remember what the writer of Hebrews says. Let us not give up meeting together. Let us not give up meeting together as some folk did or in the habit of doing. Why, church? Draw the strength. I want to get you a visual picture as I 
bring this message to a close. It's a true story. But to introduce the story, I'm going to ask um, Pastor G, um, if you remember, there's a poem. Um, here's the church, here's the steeple. Um, here's the door, here's the people. Um, Pastor G, would you do that, as you say that poem, would you do the gestures? And I'm going to close with this story. Yes. This is the church. This is the steeple. Open the door and see all the people. I'm going to ask you to do that one more time. Notice she did it with two hands. Do that again, Pastor G. Mm -hmm. Lock your hands in. This is the church. This is the steeple. Open the door and see all the people. Thank you, Pastor G. And Pastor, there's another part. Okay. This is the pastor. This is his his pulpit. Bring him around. Wait a minute. So that he can minister to us. <laughs> wow. Still working on it. I didn't know that part before. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor G. Mm -hmm. With that being said, let me read this story to you. True story. After an accident in which she lost her arm, a girl named Jamie refused to go to school or church for an entire year. Finally, the young teen thought she could face her peers. In preparation, her mother called her Sunday school teacher and asked that he not call attention to Jamie. The teacher promised, but when he got sick on Sunday, he had to call a substitute and he forgot to tell the second teacher. At the conclusion of the lesson that day, which was about inviting friends to church, the sub led the class in doing the hand motions to the familiar children's poem, Here's the Church, Here's the Steeple, Open the Door, See All the People. Jamie's eyes filled with tears. Hmm. A 13-year-old boy realized how she must be feeling. He knelt beside her with one hand apiece. They supported each other, making wow. the church steeple and people. Together, they illustrated what real church is. Why church? We help one another. We encourage one another. Why church? We come together and get even more resolved in our faith because of what our elder brother Jesus did for you and for me, giving us access to the Father. And we could sing that song that our worship team sang today. Abba, Father, I belong to you. Why, church? Because we need one another. Let's pray. 